you pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there anything here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. know about Joseph, the husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus? Oh, Joseph. Yeah, you know, we know a lot about Mary in the birth of Jesus, but Joseph? I don't know. Well, Matthew records a lot. He gives us almost all the detail we have about Joseph's role in the early life of Jesus. Yeah, so we're going to read that today. Joseph and the birth and raising of Jesus on More More Than Than Ink. Well, good morning. This is Jim. And this is Dorothy. And uh, you found More Than Ink, where uh, we assert that what is written on the pages of the Bible is actually more than the ink that's there. There's something quite deeper, more soulish. Something going on. About what's there. <laughs> and uh, in fact, you can empirically, you can kind of, in my experience, you can test that because I've read the passages we're going to look at today. We're in Matthew 2. And I've read them, I don't know how many times. I don't know how many times you've Over read your them. lifetime? Yeah. Oh, I mean, countless we, times. We both know them so well. And yet every time you go back and read these, this same ink on this page, <laughs> something new comes out. Something strikes fresh. And, it, and it's not yeah. because you were kind of sluggish when you first read it. It's just that there's more depth here than originally meets the eye. So that's why we call this More Than Ink. And we're glad you're with us. We, are, we just started Matthew last time we were together. And, uh, of course, the beginning of Matthew is all about the birth of Jesus. And last week we got him birthed, right? Yeah, and Matthew moves fast here. He does move fast. Because then there's a whole big gap, and suddenly the next scene opens with the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. So, <laughs> so Matthew just skips over completely all of the childhood stuff, and there's very little reference to yeah. childhood anyway in the scriptures. But it's it's not the kind of biography we like to read today. No, you know, it doesn't it doesn't fill in all the gaps, and no. that's a little frustrating. But the gaps does fill in, are great. So here we are in chapter two. Jesus has been born, and if you want to follow with us, we're reading out of the ESV Bible. Do you want to start sure, us off? Sure, I'll start. And this is just a little while after the birth now. Yeah. So, beginning of chapter 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who's been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod heard the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Mm. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it's written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them on to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you've found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Uh, do you want to stop? Yeah, let's uh, stop there. That's probably farther than we should have yeah, gone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, kind of far. There's a lot of a lot of historical detail I, here. Well, there is there is a ton of historical de- detail here, and uh, 
uh, you know, we always talk about the magi. That's what we call right. them. The, the, word the is wise actually, men. The wise men. They're not kings. They're no. wise men. But uh, they're guys who are astute at studying the heavens, largely. I mean, Among was, other things, but also interpreters right. of dreams. Interpreter of dreams, right. And so they were they were always engaged in really important stuff like the emergence of kings, which okay, is why so they have an interest where in. where were these guys from? Because that's important here. Yeah. Right? Probably Babylon. It's emphasized that they came from the east. Right. So if they're coming out of... Babylon, Persia, more mm-hmm, recently at the mm-hmm. time that this is written, yep. that's 800 miles away. Yeah. So they've yeah. been on the road a little while. If they came right. by the most expeditious route in the most expeditious way, yeah, it maybe, still would have taken them over a month. Yeah, maybe a month, two months. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's uh, speculated that these guys are ancient ancestors of the captivity, the Jewish captivity to Babylon. Right. And they're leftovers there. So that's why they would be attuned to something about a Jewish king coming. Okay, but if they're not Jews, they're acquainted with the Jewish They're acquainted scriptures. with the Jewish scripture, yeah, exactly. And so... Uh, you know, the the best thinking I've heard on it is that they're actually interpreting the alignment of the stars with the planets. Right. And so, right. but, but they, they had a clue that some, that the king of the Jews had been born, which is actually quite different because in ancient times, kings came from princes. Princes grew up in family, and then when the father died, they became. So it's really unusual to have a, a, a king born as a baby. It really is quite unusual. But they said, they said, this is what the stars told us. He's been born here. This this star rose, and we saw it, and we came to Jerusalem. By the way, note, the star didn't take them to Jerusalem. They came to Jerusalem because they knew it was the king of the Jews. Right. So that, that's kind right. of an interesting thing. So they kind of bumble themselves into town, and they go right to the king himself, Herod, who, you know, talking Which about Jews. is a logical Jews. place to go. It's a logical <laughs> place to go, especially, I, I think, if you read between the lines, it looks like they're expecting that once they got to Israel, especially to Jerusalem, especially to the king, right. that there would be general enthusiasm, that they, you know, they're, they're insiders, they're Jews, they should know this happened. Right. You know? And, you know, we would think that, the, that he who will be king was born. Right. right. So when right. a royal family has a baby, it produces an heir, there's a lot of excitement because the excitement. next generation yeah. is insured, right? And I, I think they were expecting that, and that's not exactly what they found. <laughs> they found no. a king who was a king who was very threatened by the presence of a of an adversary king. Well, Matthew lays that out right at the beginning, right? He says this was in the time of Herod, the great king. But here's these guys from the east coming saying, well, where's the king who's been born king of the who's Jews? Because you're not it. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> Herod actually was so, not a full-blooded Jew. So was, there you see Indian. the conflict, you know. <laughs> and, and, you know, some people some people place this whole story right here as kind of a myth. But historically, I went and looked it up some time ago. It turns out when Nero was king, you know, around 63, 4, 5 AD, there were some magi that came and, and came to, uh, to Nero. Uh, the same hmm. way, many years That's later. So it's it wasn't an uncommon thing. That's what these guys did. But let's talk about Herod for a second. He was really quite the dirtbag. <laughs> well, yeah, but <laughs> he, Herod the Great Herod the was Great. a man of tremendous influence. So yes. he That's was on the question. throne during yeah. from 37 BC to about 4 BC. Yeah, so and that's really well documented. Very so well documented. Our calendar is actually off by four years. We'll talk about that another time. <laughs> but we we know yeah. we get in this story the death of Herod later yeah. on. But he's a very powerful man. Very easily intimidated too by this adversary king. And uh, in fact, it was Augustus that said it's safer to be Herod's pig than right. Herod's son because Herod had taken out three of his sons, including his wife, including at one point he arrested and killed three hundred men from the Sanhedrin, the Jewish leaders. I mean, he was right. he was ruthless he was when ruthless he needed to be and bloodthirsty. Yeah, a very powerful man, but also a really great builder. And by this point in the story, he'd been working on the temple site for all, two decades. Mm-hmm. So. 
uh, it's, it's, it's renowned what he and built. And there is stuff still standing in Jerusalem today to this that this man day. is responsible for yeah. the design and building of. So yeah. uh, we're talking about a, a fixed point in history. Yep, without question. No myth at all. This is a real guy. This is a real guy. So anyway, they come. They ask him where the king has been born. He assembles all of his religious dudes, and they come together, and they say, well, it's very clear it's from, it's, so it should be Bethlehem. Right. Bethlehem. And that's from Micah 5 2. And uh, there's no question about this. It's got to be Bethlehem. So so he ends up passing that information along and says it's supposed to be in Bethlehem. And uh, and they listened to the king and they went off. Okay. Let's stop for a minute because yeah. the references to the prophets are all through this passage. Yes. A right. Lot. Yeah. We said at the beginning that Matthew is writing the story of the Messiah King. Yes. Right. Yes. And so the he's one. constantly referencing the scriptures. So we've mm-hmm. already had references into Micah. And there's another one that's kind of between the lines here when we see that the wise men saw a star. A star. They yeah. saw something in the heavens. Yeah. There is an ancient prophecy way back in oh, the one in numbers, numbers yes. spoken by yes. by Balaam who was a, a prophet uh, called in to prophesy against Israel yes. on behalf of the Moabites when they were coming into the land of promise uh-huh, uh-huh. Real so history. I'll just read this to you because this is way back in numbers 24 17 mm-hmm. and Balaam was not actually a prophet of the Lord but God got his God attention and him. said you're going to speak my word anyway <laughs> and so this is another um, story for another time. this is numbers 24 17 it's Balaam says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come forth from Jacob, and a scepter shall rise from Israel, and shall crush through the forehead of Moab. So mm-hmm. he had been called in to prophesy against Israel. He's saying, oh, I can't do that, because there's going to be a king who's going to reign. He's yeah. like a star coming out of this. And a scepter, which means a ruling a king. A king, yeah. right. Yeah, shall so rise that is out of an ancient prophecy, yeah. clear back into numbers. That so it's really appropriate that these guys should be attracted into town by a star. Right. Yeah, that's really and interesting. And that actually, if you are learning to study your Bible, that reference should be in the cross-references that's in the that's column right. of your, your Matthew text Those here. That's ti- actually why I brought it up. That tiny print in the column <laughs> next to this, it should yeah, so reference So don't that. skip over those yeah, if chase you are them down. just beginning to learn to study the Bible. Chase down those cross-references. Yeah. Those aren't random. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's push on. Verse 9 is where he stopped. Okay, verse 9. Keep going. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they'd seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts gold and frankincense and myrrh and being warned in a dream not to return to herod they departed to their own country by another way by another way stop there you do notice that when herod told them you go find the baby and come back and report to me it doesn't say here they agreed to do that it just said they listened and went well, because they eventually were, they realized this child is not here. Yeah, and I think they picked up from I think they picked up from their discussion with Herod that maybe he wasn't totally sincere when he said I want to worship the baby. Uh, you know, so, <laughs> perhaps you're so, reading apart from the text. I'm reading apart from the text, <laughs> but just to make it clear, then in verse twelve it says they had a dream, and the dream said you, you better go home another way. Mm-hmm. Go home another way. Don't go back to to him. Yeah. So, so the star, when it rose, you know, they came and it came to rest over the place where the child was. There's a, there's a certain amount of mystery about the, 
Well, there is. About exactly what this is. But there is no question about the fact that this star and God's ability to lead them took them right. with great specificity, with great detail to exactly this spot. So that's interesting to me because God's guidance and purposes accomplished weave all through this yeah. this narrative. And we're going to get into that with when we move oh, on yeah. towards Joseph God is very minute. much in control God of everything. God is in control. Yeah. But look where they were when the star guides them to stop. They come to a house a house so this is sometime after the birth of jesus the they're manger. no longer camping in the stable right right <laughs> they're right. settled in a house well, in bethlehem and and based on what's going to happen in a little bit here the timeline could be that this is a year to two years after the right. birth so right. it's it's kind of hard to tell where they are but they, but they, they've changed positions but uh, but the but god knows where they are and god sent them exactly to the right spot right. even if they move from where they were in the beginning of the narrative so, yeah, that's okay. I'm resetting so, my And then here. they're being warned in a dream, right? So, yeah. you know, we kind of tend to discount dreams today, but right. God uses dreams, has used dreams mm-hmm. all through the history and the scriptures Very for guidance yeah. and to reveal information. Now, he doesn't necessarily reveal doctrine, yeah. but he does give guidance. And yeah. we're going to see in a minute how much he guided Joseph. Yeah, dreams. that'll be that'll be really prominent. I thought I might bring up just a little trivia because I'm the king of trivia on stuff like this. But when it says that the star the star rested over the place, it literally says it stood over the head of the child. That's mm. what it literally says, which is okay. I mean, that's the spot. But that's been speculated to be the source of this whole artistic thing about halos, a light over the head. Oh, that's interesting. And, that, and it came from this very thing. And there's another piece of trivia right here. We really don't know how many wise men there were. No, we don't. But we do know there were three gifts, see? And it's the three gifts that people said, well, that's right, one, one right. gift per guy. So there's a there's a lot of crazy traditions that are built up around the ambiguity about who these guys are. In fact, <clears throat> there's a cathedral in Germany that says they have the three skulls of the three wise men. <laughs> so, you know, I don't think I'd give too much credence to that, but just a lot of speculation. So I'm just, I'm just telling you, because we're talking about Bible study, uh, stick to the stuff that you see here. Stick to the text. And don't get distracted by all that other stuff. Because there's a lot of overburden of yes. tradition yes. and mythology that have yeah. built up around this. Stick to what God's Word stick actually with, says. Because you notice here, we don't have the names of the three wise men, which no, you see don't. in all the traditions and stuff. So just, I mean, stick to what's here. And that's plenty, because you'll understand what's going on. So in the end, they go back another way uh, because they're warned in a dream. And, uh, and well, and Herod is thwarted, and he's not used to being thwarted. And he's whopping mad. So, yeah, let me pick it up at 13 then. So now when they had departed, behold, this is when the Magi departed, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a a dream. dream. Yeah, this is number two (laughs) for for Joseph in his dream sequence. This is the second one. And said, so rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Yeah, he's whopping mad. And, And so he rose, Joseph rose, took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. And this was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. So, okay, we can camp there for a second. Yeah, go ahead. Because this is, as you said, dream number two. Well, dream number one occurred in the first chapter when the angel appeared to Joseph and said, now, don't right. be afraid to take Mary because that which is conceived is he, by the Holy Spirit. He was getting so, ready to divorce her. Right, because then it says yeah. he rose and took her mm-hmm. as his wife, right? And we yeah. were. it was described in chapter one that Joseph was a just 
man. Yes. Well, that same root as Joseph was a righteous man. Yeah. And we know from from the whole of scriptures that the righteous live by faith. Yeah. Right. God counts believing him as righteousness to yep. those who believe him. So yep. that's all packed up in the fact that every time Joseph has a dream and gets instruction, he wakes up and does it. Yeah, that's really distinctive about Joseph because he acts. He acts right. based on what God tells him, and that's what faith is. Like God because says, he believes Because he believed. So God tells him to go to Egypt and goes, Ten four, we're going to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Well, he's really a great man of faith and action because faith ought to be always be demonstrated and evidenced in action. And Joseph is a man of action. I might point out here as well, it's not really well known, but Egypt at the time had a very large population of Jews still. And uh, and some historians, I think it's Philo the historian who wrote uh, about the time just after Jesus, says there was over a million Jews there. So there was actually a large community there that he could join. He wasn't just being completely abandoned to the Egyptians. There was he probably assimilated the family into a, a Jewish community there because it was quite large. Okay, and this is a place where it might be helpful for you to look at a map in the back of your Bible. Oh, yeah. So you can see, because this, the historicity of this passage is important. You can see yeah. how far it was from Persia to Jerusalem. You can see how far it was from the regions of Bethlehem down to Egypt, about 90 miles probably. Yeah, yeah. A well, well-traveled route. Yep. So you didn't have to go out in the wilderness and ask somebody which way is Egypt. You yeah. just got on the road and it went there, right? <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. it's helpful to be able to see that because these places are still named this. Still named the same thing. Yeah, exactly. So they haven't even changed their name. That's what's really remarkable right here. So what do you make of, out of Egypt I called my son? Ah, that's quoting Hosea 11. And mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of quixotic in many ways. People look at that sort of sideways and go, what, isn't that about something else? Well, it is about something else because it yeah. harkens clear back to Exodus. Yes, when, all the way back to when Exodus. When God had said through Moses to Pharaoh, now let my son go. Yes. And God brought them out. Yeah, let me just read you what it, what it is. Hosea 11.1. Okay. Hosea is one of the minor prophets. Hosea 11.1. When Israel was a child, I loved him. This is God speaking right. in the first person. Right. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. So right. clearly it's talking about the Exodus. Uh, but it's also talking about God's son, the Messiah. Right. So this also demonstrates in biblical interpretation that many times a passage can mean two things and neither one is right or wrong. They're both right. They're they have, both right. They have a dual application. You find dual applications a lot in scripture. And uh, this is just, this is really a profoundly good example of that very thing. Well, and that's really actually a good rule when we're reading the prophets to understand that they yeah. were speaking a current message to the people in whose time they lived. Yes. But it very often has a, a later fulfillment, either in the time of Jesus or beyond that. Or beyond, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so don't get caught up in the on in the uh, you know the discussions, the arguments about no, it means this, no, it means this, no, it means this well, time it means period, both. no, it means yeah, it could <laughs> very well mean both, both, and that's not an accident. God right. does that quite a lot. Does that quite a lot? Well, well we, we got to press on. Let's press on. Uh, shall 16, I read sixteen? Yeah. Okay, then Herod. Ooh, Herod, when he saw that he'd been tricked by the wise men, became furious. And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in that region who were two years old and under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. And this was fulfilled. This then this then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. 
Okay, that actually, that quotation from Jeremiah is an excellent example Another of great the example. two fulfillment mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Because when Jeremiah wrote it, he was talking about the women of Jerusalem weeping for their children carried yes. off into exile to Babylon. Yes. But here Matthew picks it up and says, oh no, it was really talking about this, yeah, the slaughter it, of these babies. It's talking both. Yeah, yeah. There was there was that weeping and loud lamentation in both circumstances. And here he says it's it's actually fulfillment of this as well. And now some people will say that there's no record of Herod ever doing this. But in well, reality, Bethlehem was a teeny little place. Yes. And there were probably a couple of dozen Maybe babies tops. under the age of two. Right, right. And so it really wouldn't even have risen to the level of importance yeah. to be historically just, recorded. Well, just a blip in all the horrible in things the that bloodshed. Herod did. Yeah. 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 Carson, I read. Uh, said maybe a dozen, maybe a few more. So it, it, I mean, that's bad, but it's not like we think hundreds and hundreds and there's you know, and who's blood in the streets. Our listeners may not have any idea. About he's, that. he's a Bible, he's a okay. Bible commentarian. So he, you know, he, he said, yeah, maybe a dozen, maybe two dozen, but not many. So it's it doesn't make it's not out of the ordinary that this would not be recorded because from our standpoint, it's not a it's not a gigantic bloodbath. Right. But it it's a pretty wide window, routine. two years. Yeah, all the two years, and you know who escaped this. John the Baptist, Baptist. because he was a baby at the same time in roughly the same area, perhaps. So it's true. Yeah, he he might have been hidden away because he was more in the Jerusalem area. I was going to say, yeah, he wasn't actually in Bethlehem. I don't think six or seven miles away, but uh, we don't know how large a radius Herod killed babies. So anyway, uh, who knows? But John the Baptist, if he was close, would have been there. Okay, let's let's finish the story in chapter two here. Okay, nineteen. Go ahead. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph number in Egypt, three, number saying, three. "Oh, so God's not limited by geography." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> saying, "Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead." And he rose and took the child and his mother and yeah. went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over in Judea over the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned in a dream, this is dream number four, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. Yay. Okay. So, in fact, this is our last, this is our last view of Joseph in the entire gospel. And it's some, some, for some reason, he just fades into, uh, Okay. Godness. Now, wait a minute. There is another reference in, uh, I think where it is when they talk about Jesus staying behind at the temple and his parents, plural. Not, not in Matthew. It's not oh, in Matthew. Well, it's a, but yeah. But I think it's in Luke. Joseph by name is not mentioned Joseph anymore. by name is not mentioned, yeah. but he's still living yeah. at that time when Jesus is 12. Yeah. So we don't really, yeah. So we don't know when he's off the scene. Maybe, perhaps he died. That's a speculation. But this is really the last mention of him here. By name. Yeah, by name. Yeah. And he, and again, he does what we really love. He, he gets a revelation from God. He salutes and says, yes, sure, and he acts, and he moves. He gets specific guidance, right, the the angel says. And and the angel of the Lord is the one who's talking to him in all Mm -hmm. these dreams. That's the uh, very often the personification of the Lord himself when we run across that term. Now, you can look that up in your concordance and track (laughs) those down. This is learning to do Bible study here. Well, and it's interesting. So he, he gets the dream to come back to Israel. And then he comes back to Israel, and presumably he comes back to the region of Jerusalem or somewhere like there. I mean, uh, or maybe even Bethlehem. We don't really know exactly where he came back to. And, and the dream wasn't specific, by the right. way. Well, back to where they left in a hurry. But yeah, right? it just came back there. 
And then uh, he does come back there. Herod the Great is indeed dead. His sons have now split up the kingdom, and, and Archelaus is, is in charge of that lower region. And he's and he's deeply disturbed by the fact because right. he has a reputation as well. In fact, he was uh, just as bloodthirsty as his father. Yeah, Archelaus was such an incompetent and horrible ruler that he's one of the few regional rulers that actually got recalled to Rome. He was taken off and he was deposed by Rome itself because of the complaints of the people. Well, it's, that's. So at the point that Joseph here is all twisted about the fact we got even a worse guy in charge, then God satisfies his anxiety, brings a dream to him, says, yep, you need to go back to Nazareth. Now, Nazareth is not a new place to them. That's where they came from. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Well, it says that well, specifically. Well, that's where Mary Luke. was when she had the, right. the original visitation. Yeah. So, so they're basically going back home to Nazareth. But I think to Joseph, that's kind of an odd move for the king. Why would the king do it in Nazareth? And you got to realize Nazareth had a really a pretty poor reputation in terms of the towns in Israel, you know. Because remember, it was Nathaniel that said, "Well, can anything good right. come out of, good comes out of Nazareth?" Yeah. So here you have the baby king being taken to really an outback area that has a relatively poor population, an out of the way place, an out of the way place, obscurity in that sense, and actually poor reputation. So you can't say he came from the best town. Like I was born in Jerusalem and raised in Jerusalem. He's he's out what I call Hicksville, Hicksville of Nazareth. And what, but that's really appropriate. That obscurity is important for, for Jesus's life and what he's going to do when he grows up. So Good place to be. I would encourage you, because there's so many place names and people names, look these up in your Bible dictionary. Yep. Because you'll learn some things. And that's an important part of being able to digest Bible study, is is when we're given these kind of details, look them up. What can can you learn about Nazareth in terms Mm -hmm. of, of where else is it mentioned in the Bible? Because here at the very end of this passage, it says the prophets said that he would be called a Nazarene. Well, there is no specific prophecy that says that, but right. there is a place at the beginning of Isaiah 11 where it says a yes. shoot will come out of Jesse, a, a branch out of the yes. stump. And that word for shoot or branch sounds like Nazareth. Yeah, it's Nazareth. So, so, yeah. so that's possibly what the connection is there. Yeah. But in any case, he's going to come out of a <laughs> a dead stump of a place. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, by the way, that Isaiah 11 passage, it says a stem of Jesse. Jesse is the father of right. David. And so right. the Messiah has to come from David's and line. And we talked about that when we talked exactly. about Exactly. So the that, that makes genealogy. a whole lot of sense to be here. So oh, we are out of time. Well, that's chapter two. <laughs> but, you know, th- think back about the dreams, about the specific guidance and the warning that God gave Joseph through mm-hmm. the dreams. And Joseph, being a righteous man, he believed God and he got up and did what he was told. That's probably one of the things that struck me so freshly in, in this reading yes, today. Yes, yes. God's yeah. guidance in this uh, supernatural, mysterious way. Yeah, we talk a lot about Mary and the birth, but little about Joseph, and he's just, he's a man of action. Well, we are out of time. We're glad that you've joined us, and uh, next week we're going to jump into chapter three, and we're going to look at John the Baptist as we get to the brink of Jesus going into public ministry, and it's pretty exciting. And so join us next time here on More More Than Than Ink. There are many more episodes of this broadcast to be found at our website, morethaninc.org. And while you are there, take a moment to drop us a note. Remember, the Bible is God's love letter to you. Pick it up and read it for yourself, and you will discover that the words printed there are indeed more than ink.
This has been a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City.